Welcome to this podcast by The Rocks Church. We hope you find it challenging and inspiring. For more information, visit therocks.church. Hey, good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining in. For those of you who are here in person in Cannington and those of you who are joining us online as well, thank you so much. You are as much part of our church family as the real people here in person that I can see with my eyes. I'm not saying that you're not real online people. You are real too. Thank you. And I am super pumped about this new message series that we are calling For Perth. And let me tell you why I'm super pumped about this. Because, because this is more than just a message series for us. It is even more than just a campaign for us. I really believe that this will be a movement not only in our church, but I'm believing by faith that this this will be a movement in our city, that our churches will be known for what we are for rather than for what we are against. And in order to start today's uh, series, this is going to be just an introduction. So for those of you who are new in our church, maybe you're wondering like, wow, this is not really not much of a sermon, Daniel. Well, I'm telling you already, this is going to be an introduction. I want you to keep coming back over the next few weeks. The next few weeks are going to be super, super exciting as well. Tim is going to be bringing the second part here in Cannington. I'll be in Baldivis. And, uh, and it will culminate on the 13th, 13th of March where we will come together, both the Baldivis location and Cannington location and online, we're going to come together as one church family for our Vision Sunday. So that's going to be super, super exciting. All right. Now, um, several years ago, there was a very famous TED Talk given by this speaker, author called Simon Sinek. And the talk was very popular. It was one of the most downloaded TED Talks ever. And the basic premise of the TED Talk is actually very simple. And if you put it into practice, this is very, very good. If you're a business owner, if you are a CEO, if you you are a head of an organization, you would want to know about this principle. And the principle is this, that you always have to start with why. Whether, again, you're a company, an individual, a corporation, a not-for-profit, whatever it may be, you always have to start with why. And it makes sense, right? Because the why will determine your how. So, it is important for us to start with why. But in my experience, starting with why is actually not the most difficult thing. You know what is even harder than starting with why. A lot of people, when they start something, they usually know their why, so it's not really that difficult. But what is really, really hard is to stay with why. Let me tell you from experience that I've had people leaving our church because they don't understand the why, or the why is no longer relevant for them. It is important for us to stay with why. That's why this morning, I want us to just reiterate our why again. You know why? Because a lot of organizations like us, corporations, companies included, you know, like human beings, we have the tendency to drift, don't we? We have a tendency to drift. So that's why from time to time, it is so important for us to stay with the why and know why we need to stay with the why. One important Leadership lessons that I learned long ago is 
this principle of leaders are repeaters. Leaders are repeaters. So if it's important to you as a leader, you need to repeat it again and again and again. Even though your people are sick and tired of hearing it, it is important for you to, to repeat what you believe to be true, especially the why of your company, the why of your organization. If you go to America, you would uh, come across this very famous fast food chain called Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, they're not only famous for their wonderful chicken burgers, but they're very famous for their customer service. If you thank one of their staff, they will always reply, regardless which, which Chick-fil-A location you go to, if you thank their staff, they will always reply with this phrase, my pleasure, my pleasure. But that has not always been the case. True with Kathy, the, founding, the founder of uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, he wanted this because he heard this at a very prestige hotel and he felt good when he thanked people and they replied by saying, you're welcome. So he wanted all Chick-fil-A customer service staff to always reply with, you're welcome when they're being thanked. But it didn't happen. He went to one of his store locations and the people that serve him, when he thanked them, replied by saying, uh, uh-huh, or uh, no worries, or whatever it is, but it's not your welcome. And instead of being mad, he just keeps repeating again and again and again the importance of saying you're welcome. And now, if you go to America, <laughs> if you go to any of the Chick-fil-A locations, you will be greeted or you will be um, responded to when you say thank you with your welcome. So that's why it's important for you to stay with your wife. If you're a husband, your wife, you have to keep saying the same thing over and over again, right? To your husband, to your wife, to your children. If you're a leader, a teacher, a coach, you know, if you're a trainer, again, you know, you ask yourself something, how many times do I have to say this? How many times do I have to repeat this again and again? Well, the answer is, if it's important to you, you have to keep repeating it again and again and again. All right. So, I want to talk about our why. And in order to talk about our why, we need to be able to answer this question. And the question is very simple. The question is this. What do we want to be known for as a church? It's actually a very good question if you're a business owner. It's actually a very good question for you to ask yourself, to ask your team. Hey, what do we want our business to be known for? Right? It's actually also a good question to ask your customers. Ask your customers if they experience what you want them to experience. So it is important doesn't matter who we are, to ask this question, what do we want to be known for? You know, if you talk to different business uh, owners, ask them, you know, what, do you, what does your business want to be known for? I want to give you three very famous businesses, companies, and I want you to guess, what do you think these companies want to be known for? What do you think? What do you think Amazon want to be known for? Apple, Nike, what do you think they want to be known for? I actually, on purpose, did not check their vision statement and mission statement before preparing for this message. I just wanted to guess, and I want you to tell me if I'm in the ballpark, as far as my guess is concerned, um, if the company asked me, what do you think we want to be known for as a company? This is my guess, okay? For Amazon, my guess is Amazon wants to be known as a one-stop shop for about everything under the sun 
at a very affordable prices. Would that be pretty accurate for Amazon? Um, what about Apple? What do you think Apple want to be known for? I reckon Apple would want to be known as a tech company that provides the best, most advanced technology with the greatest user interface or user experience. Affordable prices is really not what I want to be known for, <laughs> for sure. When you have to pay $2,000 for iPhone 13 Pro Max, then you know this company, they're not competing with Amazon, right? So, you know, we can sort of guess what these companies, these great, they're great for a reason. They're great for a reason because even though we don't know their vision and mission statement, we sort of can guess what, the, what they want to be known for. Nike, I believe, want to be known as a, as a company that provides lifestyle, fashion uh, for people who are active or want to be active. That's why it's more than just equipments for them. That's why they can sell a pair of shoes for 200 bucks. You can get the exact same shoes from Kmart for 20 bucks. Do you know that? Same quality, just you don't have the Swish logo. That's all. But it's more than just shoes for Nike. It's also lifestyle. Am I right? So it's important for you to know what is your why. What do you want to be known for? So as a church, we need to ask the same question. What do we want to be known for as a church? And before we can answer that question, it is also very good for us to take a step back, to zoom out a little bit, and ask, what is the church known for now? If you ask people, especially people who don't go to church, what do you think they will say? Hey, what do you, what do you know the church to be as? What is the church known for? Um, David Kinnaman wrote a book called Unchristian, and in his book, he showed his survey of um, the, the responses that he received from people who don't go to church, what they think of church. And he said four words came up on top when he asked people, what do you think of church? The four top words are homophobic, hypocritical, insensitive, and judgmental. Those are the top four of what people think about church. So, it is safe to say, I think, that many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. And that's why for a lot of people, the church isn't really for them because the church is not for them, if you get the drift, right? You ask an average Joe on the street, Hey, why don't you go to church on Sunday? Why don't you consider church? They will say, mm, yeah, nah. Church is really not for me. And if you explore further, maybe if you are a good friend with them, maybe they will tell you the reason why I don't even consider church. Church is not really for me because I don't think the church is for me. You know what I mean? Because we are more known for what we are against than for what we are for. Let me use these six young people as an example, all right? These six people, I believe, Sunday morning, church is not even an option for them. 
that they would consider going to. It's not like they woke up Sunday morning and they thought, should I go to the beach this morning or should I go to church? It's not even on their radar, church. Now, you ask me, how do you know this, Daniel? How do you assume? That's just an assumption that these six people will not consider church Sunday morning. Well, let me tell you how I know, all right? Based on the McCrindle Research, one of the most reliable research companies in Australia, imagine if these six young Australians represent the whole Australian's, Australian population. Imagine, okay? These six people represent the whole Australian population. How many people do you think would consider going to church Sunday morning if they represent the whole Australian population? The answer is less than half a person. Less than, not half the group, less than half a person would consider going to church and the definition of going to church is once a month. You know, I, you heard me say this many, many times. That's really sad, isn't it? That less than 8% Australians go to church once a month. So the challenge for us, I believe, as a church is this. The challenge for us is how can we bridge the gap the distance between these Australians and the church, right? Because apparently 92%, get that in your head, 92% Australians don't even consider church. It's not even on their radar to come, to want to come to church. So what do we do? How can we bridge the gap so that this, not only these young adults, but housewives, Senior citizens, kids, they would want to go to church. What can we do? Right? This is not just a new challenge for us, actually. This is the same challenge that the first church was facing 2,000 years ago when the church first started. For those of you who came a few weeks ago, you would have heard us uh, using Paul and Barnabas as an example, how when Paul and Barnabas, two strong disciples of Jesus Christ who preached the gospel all over the Mediterranean world, and Paul and Barnabas preached the gospel of the grace of Jesus to people who are non-Jews, especially to the Gentiles. And, and they preached this gospel so powerfully, so freely. And a lot of Gentiles want to turn to God, want to turn to Jesus. However, a lot of the Jewish leaders at the time, they were not happy. You know why they were not happy? Because at the time, they couldn't figure this out yet. Christianity was considered as one of the sects of Judaism. This is one of the offshoot of Judaism. So in their mind, some of these Jewish leaders, these Gentiles who want to follow Jesus, they too have to follow the Jewish laws like they do. They have to be circumcised like they do. And Paul and Barnabas said, no, 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 no. That's wrong. That's totally wrong. That is the opposite of the gospel. The gospel is, is Jesus Christ came to our world to redeem us from our sin. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not about doing the law. The gospel of Jesus Christ is about believing in your heavenly Father that He has a good plan and a great purpose for you. And that's why He sent Jesus to redeem us from our predicament of sin, from the effect, the power, the consequence of sin. Jesus came not to judge the world, not to make us obey law more. No, to free us, to free us from the bondage of our sin. 
And all we need to do is to trust Him and to believe in Him, believe in him not obeying all these laws. So Paul and Barnabas obviously was in strong confrontational like, argument with these Jewish leaders to the point that they came to Jerusalem and they had the very first church business meeting where all the apostles, all the Jewish leaders who followed Jesus, they discussed this back and forth, back and forth until James, the half-brother of Jesus, stood up and he said this powerful sentence or statement that becomes the driving verse for our church. If you want to know our why, for those of you who've been visiting a while, maybe our church looks kind of similar with some of the churches that you visit. If you want to know what is our distinctiveness as a church here in, at the Rocks, this is our why, okay? So Paul I mean, sorry, James, the half-brother of Jesus, stood up. You've heard me say this many times as well, but it's, bare, you know, it's good to repeat it right now. James said this. This is so good, so powerful. He said, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult. We should not make it difficult for the Gentiles. Don't forget all the people who were there at the first Jerusalem council, the first church business meeting, they were all Jewish, right? So the Gentiles are the outsiders, if you like, the unchurched, the people outside. James said, we should never, we should not make it difficult for the outsiders who are turning to God. You know, we believe in this so much. I have this on my study. We have this in the church office. I took a photo the other day. You know, we frame it. We put it in our green room. We want to remind ourselves why we do what we do. So if you're wondering why we do certain things, why we don't do certain things, this is our reason. We want to make it easy for people to turn to God. So the question that we need to ask ourselves, going back to the six Australian young adults example that I, that I gave. How do we, as a church, create a church that does not make it difficult for these people, the housewives, the senior citizen, the marginalized, the poor, how do we not make it difficult? For those who've been burned by church before, how do we not make it difficult for them to want to come to church, to love to come to church? Don't forget, they make up 92% of our population. So, in order to answer this question, and we go all the way back to the very first question that I asked at the beginning of this message, and the question is simply this, what do we want to be known for as a church? What do we want to be known for? And I reckon we want to be known for a lot of good things, right? <laughs> we want to be known for the church that are for our city, for our community. We want people to know that we are for our schools, our businesses. We want people to know that we are for all the not-for-profit organizations that are doing great things in our community. We want uh, people to know that we are for the senior citizens, the students, the children. We want them to know that we are for the minorities, the marginalized, the, 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 the people who, like, Dot, 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 fill in the blank. We are for the people. We are for you, all right? We are for grace. We are for forgiveness. We are for mercy. We are for acceptance. We are for non-discrimination. We, we want to be known for all of this. The question is, how do we create 
a church that is known for all this stuff, okay? So with the remaining time that I have, I want to give us three things that I believe we can do to be a church that is known for what we are for rather than for what we are against, okay? Number one, I think we can do better at creating common grounds. I think we should create more common grounds with the people that we serve, the people in our community. Because guess what? The people in our community, they think they have nothing in common with us. Do you know that? They think, like, what do I have to do in church? Like, I don't know any of them. I don't know what they believe. I don't, I don't care about what they believe. They don't think they have anything in common with us when in reality, we have a lot of things in common with them. They care about our environment. We too care about our environment. They care about the place that they live in, that is safe for their family and their children. We too care about the place that we live in. We are part of the community, right? They care about having a great school in our community. We care about that too. They care about, you know, the sound political climate. We care about that too. We care about a lot of things that people care about. The problem is they just don't know that. They don't know. They think we are weird. They think we are strange. And a lot of time, it is due to our own fault. It's the message that we communicate. We're not trying hard enough, I reckon, to create common grounds with them. And this is not the way of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you realize this, but do you know why Jesus became human? Do you know? To create common grounds with us. Why, what, what else? Why else would he become like one of us? You know, so right, when you're struggling, when, when, when you are facing temptation, you can come to Jesus and Jesus can say to you with all honesty, hey child, I know exactly what you're going through because I have been through what you are going through and even worse. I've been rejected, I've been forgotten, I've been misunderstood, I, I, I'm wrongly accused and even crucified. I know exactly what you're going through. So Jesus, <laughs> he became like one of us to create common grounds with us. And the Apostle Paul understood this better than anybody else. And I want to show it to you, right? This is the driving force behind the ministry of Paul, who used to hate the Christians, but now he was on fire for Jesus and for Christ, and he couldn't wait to spend his waking hours to preach the gospel and this is his philosophy. As far as he's concerned, this is the reason why he does what he does. In his letter to the Corinthians, he said this, even though I'm a free man, you know that in Jesus Christ, you are free from the burden, the requirement of the law, right? Paul says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all people. Why, Paul? in order to bring many to Jesus Christ. How does this work in the life of Paul? He continues, when I was with the Jews, I became like the Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too live under the law, even though I'm not subject to the law. And I did this for one reason and one reason only, so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. Paul said, I'm not subject to the law anymore. I understand grace, but in front of the Jewish brothers and sisters, I'm going to 
respect them. I'm going to try to find common grounds with them. And then he continues. When I'm with the Gentiles, the outsiders, those who don't follow the law, who do not follow the Jewish law, he too lives like them. I too live apart from that law. So what? So I can bring them to Christ. I don't ignore the law of God. No, I follow the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Love. Love is the law of Christ. So when people accuse Paul, by the way, the Corinthians accuse Paul of being wishy-washy. Paul, you're, you're so wishy-washy. Paul said, I'm not wishy-washy. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm doing this. You know why I don't eat pork in front of the Jewish people? Because I want to respect them. You know why I love pork chop when I'm with the Gentiles? Not only because I love pork chop now that I know how good it tastes, but I want to identify with them. I want to find common ground with them. I want to let them know that the law has no longer any bearing on us because of the grace of Jesus Christ. And then this is his conclusion. When I'm with those who are weak, I share their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, and this is his driving principle. I try to find common ground with everyone doing everything that I can to save some. I do everything in order to be able to preach the gospel and share in its blessing. So we want to try to find common ground. That's why as a church, you know, we try to more and more, and this is my hope and my dream and my goal, that we will get involved more and more in the life of this community, all right? I want to encourage you to do good in the community. You know, I give blood because I believe it's a good thing. I believe it can save people. Do you know that we have a, our own team at, you know, uh, at the Red Cross? If you donate blood, can you make sure you include that uh, the Rocks Church as part of your blood uh, team? And I was told by Peter at the nine o'clock gathering that already we have more than 70 members, the Rocks blood team. Up to uh, now is February, right? We have already given 17, that we already made 17 donations. You know, when you make more than 100 donations as an organization, you will be in the top 10. My goal is that we will be in the top 10. My goal is for the people who serve uh, at the Red Cross here in Cannington, they will keep seeing the Rocks people coming, giving blood. Like, who are you people? Why do you give so much blood? Are you vampires? Right? We want to be known for what we are for. We are for you. Yes, we know people need blood. And as long as we are healthy, we want to give blood. We want to be known for people who care for our environment. That's why we want to work with the city of Kenning to clean our river. You know, we, we do that during the Be Rich com campaign, but we want to do that more and more. You know, we want to particip participate in anything and everything that we can. I've been meeting with the mayor to talk about how we can eradicate homelessness in the city of Kenning. And that's going to be an ongoing meeting and, and discussion and talk. And I'm so, so excited to be a part of that because we want to be known as a church for what we are for rather than for what we are against. So we want to find common grounds, all right? And number two, we want to create conversations. We want to create conversations. Already as a church, we create conversations when people know about who we are. Um, one of the conversation uh, points that people often uh, use when they talk about us is our slogan, no perfect people allowed. When I talk to people 
and meet with people and they know that I belong to the rocks, they, you know, quite a number of them say, oh, you are one of those like no perfect people allowed person, right? I said, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's who we are. It's a really, really good conversation starter. So we want to create more conversations like that. And starting from today, we want to give you a new handle that can create conversations. And that handle is hashtag for Perth, right? Hashtag for Perth. So from now on, any good thing that you do for the community, can you put on your social media hashtag for Perth? Again, I want this not to just be a cute saying that we do for a season. I don't want this to be a campaign that we do for a few months. I want this to be a movement in our city. Like I said, my hope and dream and desire is that all the churches eventually in WA will be using this hashtag and we will create a for Perth day or something where people will know that the churches are for them and not against them. So, in order to do that, starting today, we, wanna, we want you to participate in our paid backwards idea. You heard of paid forwards? How many of you have heard of paid forwards? This is paid backwards. What do I mean by that? On your seat, you would have found this awesome sticker. Can I have one sticker? Now, this sticker is really, really cool, all right? It's Euro design, you know, in Europe, they put this on the back of their car to identify which country they're from as they cross from country to country. So it's a really cool design. You can stick it on the back of your car, like this is my car. You can stick it there on your window or on the boot of your car. And here's what I want you to do. This is how the paid backwards idea uh, work, okay? I want, you to go to, I want you to go to your favorite drive-through restaurants, McDonald's, Hungry Jack's, whatever, and I want you to pay for the meal or for the coffee of the car behind you, all right? If your budget is limited, you look back, make sure it's not a minivan <laughs> full of people. But if you have unlimited budget, doesn't matter if it's a minivan, even better, all right? Surprise them with your generosity. Imagine... We have about, what, uh, 300 people here, and this morning, and plus Baldivis, let's say 700, 800 of us do this this week, all right? And people are going to start talking about it, like, you know what happened to me on Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, I got my meal paid for by the car in front of me. Like, who are they? No, I don't know them. But I saw this four sticker on their car. And they might not be able to read the Perth. That's all right. <laughs> and... That probably can generate conversations. Even if it doesn't, I want you to practice generosity, okay? I want you to practice thinking and putting your community first before you because that is the way of Jesus Christ, okay? And every good thing that you do from now on, like I said, if you donate blood, make sure you take a photo of yourself and then, you know, write for Perth. Again, we're not promoting our you know, good behavior so that people will praise us. It's not that. But we really want to create this, 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 um, this movement where people will start thinking positively about the church, all right? When you do the drive-through thing, the, back, the pay it backwards, do you mind um, asking someone to sit on the front seat and videotape you doing that? And then put it on your social media, hashtag for Perth, 
If you do that, uh, you also, if you can you know, tag us, The Rock's Perth, then we can repost it on our social media for a lot of people to see. Imagine if enough of you is doing that, that's going to be really cool, all right? If you want to go all out, you can even do multi-angles, have your children, you know, up, go outside the car and just shoot from the back. That's going to be even more powerful, right? Depending on your production quality, we may give you a price. Annika, is there a price in this? Yes, Annika, from her personal purse, we'll make sure that you get something. Okay, so let's do this together. Um, create conversations, and then when we do this, when we try to find common grounds, and we try to create conversations, then we leave it to God to do only what God can do, and that is to create connections. Because at the end of the day, if God wants to be connected to the people that He created, that's our desire as well. We want to create connections. And the only way we can create connections is with people is when they know that we are for them and not against them. Okay? Because for far too long, the church is known for what we are against. Starting today, we want to be known for what we are for. That's why I'm super pumped, super excited about this. I hope you will join me in this journey together. Be prayerful because I believe the devil, our enemy, is not going to be happy when we want to create something big for God. But I really do hope and believe this is going to be a movement that will spread like wildfire throughout our city. And let's see where God will take us. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more great resources and to keep yourself up to date, head to our website. Visit therocks.church.